This is the Extra Hot Grape Podcast, episode 78 for the week of July 13th, 2015. I am face that we hide away forever and that which we take out and show ourselves when everyone has gone. Some are satin, some are steel, some are silk and some are leather. They're the faces of the stranger, but we'd love to try them on. David T. Cole, and I'm here with spring-loaded cat Sarah D. Bunting. Halloween Madonna, Tara Ariano. Holiday! And genre mansplainer, Eve Beatty. Hey, why aren't you guys following me on Sherpster? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Uh, We are back after some technical difficulties, including one day of nothing working and then a second day of the internet not working. But we are back. Uh, Welcome, Eve Beatty. Again, completing your first hat trick, I believe. Mm, That's right. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Today we are talking about Scream as our lead topic. Eve, you're covering it for Previously.TV. What are your thoughts to start us off? Yeah, first of all, what made you want to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting way to put it. Okay. Yeah, what are you, nuts? I just meant, what what was your interest in the show before it started? why did we say yes? That inspired you to pitch us on (laughs) it. Yeah, that's the real question. Well, okay, so I am a for real fan of the horror genre um mm-hmm. i mean whatever i mean i guess like everybody is but i feel like i have legit west craven creds in 96 when the first movie came out the first scream movie came out the first movie ever i drove <laughs> i lived in indianapolis at the time and i drove to the only theater that mainly played horror movies and sat there in the crowd, the only white face uh, in a crowd of, I know now it sounds like I'm wearing the scream mask, um, <laughs> but you know, I was the only white person in a theater of all African-American people, um, you know, watching this horror movie, which was a great experience for all sorts of other reasons for someone who has never had that experience before. Um, and But I was hooked on Wes Craven long before that and other horror movies. And uh, I love the scream movies. I mean, even though obviously like the most recent one especially had its limitations and I was really curious to see how uh, MTV was going to sort of translate this into a TV series and the answer is not so successfully. <laughs> how so? Well, I mean, and I think, you know, Dave said it better than I am about to in a tweet where he said, you know, if you want to see a slasher movie just chopped up into half hour bits, then watch Scream. I, that, that's I, now I just butchered. Ha. Huh, yeah. Tweet no, too. I, <laughs> no, I do. I do question the wisdom of sort of like aping the 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 waypoints of a slasher film over the course of a full season. Well, and I think that they think that they gave themselves an out by having the Noah character. That's the guy that's, that would have been Jamie Kennedy in the first, you know, movie and a half, um, explaining to us sort of at the end that, oh, if I were going to make a slasher movie into a series, what I'd do is I'd make you really care about the characters and give you all this information, and then when they get killed off, it's a bigger deal. Well, hey, guess what? That isn't what's happening so far. We're only three in, which is not the hugest sample size, but when we're talking about a 10-episode run, I think it's a big enough sample size to, to stand in judgment. And I don't care about these people even the way that I cared about uh you know some of the characters not so much in- yeah even in the first Scream movie but by the time we got to the second one which you know by the time we got to the end of Scream 2 we we'd only put in I don't even think we you know that wasn't even four hours so we're coming close to having put as much time in with these characters from the tv series as we had 
two films in and I don't give a shit. No, I think this latest one came the, it thought it came the closest to making us care about uh, Riley's murder, Mm -hmm. but not really. I mean, I kind of wanted the other one to die more, but that's not saying much. Well, I mean, I I took a look at uh, the previously.tv forums this morning, and this was in my experience the first time that people were uniformly reacting in sort of a, oh my God, I can't believe that happened sort of way. I mean, you know, I think that our readers are generally a very savvy bunch and it takes a lot to sort of convince them and get them. And, you know, there were several of them that were like, oh, that really hurt. And so I thought, okay, well, this episode was successful on some level, Mm -hmm. but it was still not successful for me as someone who has, you know, a certain level of expectation when it comes to a television show. Yeah. I don't know if I need to keep watching it. My main issue with it, someone asked me because they knew we were talking about it for the podcast this week, what Mm. I thought of it. And my response was, it's really hard for me to care about teenagers. And I stand by that. (laughs) Well, no, see, I don't, I don't feel that way. I, I mean, if, if my husband were here, which blessedly he is not, he would tell you that I mainly watch teenager shows. Like, I watch teen... Well, I don't anymore, but, like, you know, I watch a lot of teenager shows. I watch The CW. I watch a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I watch it even knowing it's sort of crummy, like, you know, Supernatural. I kind of hate watch and kind of watch because I enjoy it. You know, if they brought Buffy back right now, I would watch it. Um, and I don't have a problem, I think, like caring about or being interested in teenagers and I'll still watch a horror movie about Mm -hmm. you know any of that found footage shit or whatever um you know the problem that I have is I feel like I know that everyone's working really hard on the show you know so I feel bad everybody works hard but I feel like the wrong people are writing the show and I'm not saying that the right person is me um (laughs) but you can say that I'll say that well, I don't know that I, I, I think that my ability to write fiction is pretty limited. I'm, I'm pretty well actualized about that at this point. But I do th- feel that the people who are writing this show are people who are probably very good at writing procedurals or, you know, general teenagery kind of shows. But I think that these are people who do not seem particularly well versed in technology. And since one of the main sort of precepts of this show is that so much much of this is around technology and you know people are tweeting and instagram and oh we live online blah 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 you know oh i'm getting a text from this guy and they're spoofing and blah blah and uh, you know we have and this was i mean if you guys all watched last night's episode Mm -hmm. uh, there was that moment where jake who's the it's also difficult to tell these teenagers apart. And I'm not just saying that because white people all sort of look alike. I mean, it's really tough. But so the dark-haired guy, Jake, said at one point, hey, you know that viral video? Guess what? No one says viral video except, like, the people who are sort of trying to generate more traffic for their websites. No one says viral video. Maybe ad people do. Teenagers, definitely not. Not that the, any of these people are teenagers. I mean, oh my God, the character who pray, plays Brooke, really, if you just sort of squint, she looks like Pam from True Blood. I mean, she's... <laughs> these my are notes grown-ups. say Brooke <laughs> equals sign 40. <laughs> well, it's like that. She actually looks slightly older than the teacher she's banging. So that sort of removes a lot of that taboo from me. But I mean, I think the thing is, there's still a lot of room for a smart meta sort of thing that's, you know, where you do stuff and people get killed and it's interesting and it's edgy. And we've seen that again and again with, uh, you know, 
gosh, I mean, even American Horror Story, which I'm not the hugest Ryan Murphy fan because I'm, you know, not a huge fan of rape, but, you know, we see people acknowledging that there are other horror movies out there and there's stuff out there and that this stuff is still happening and there's a way to do it elegantly and well and there's a way to also integrate technology intelligently into your show and I don't see those things happening and so I end up like getting like irrationally angry. I don't know, do you guys ever do that about TV or you too, too, too jaded? Well, American Horror Story has the benefit of being able to like fishtail the car and drive the other way at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the season seems to shift gears about halfway through American Horror Story. Like it's almost like two series usually. Like, uh, you know, somebody will die and it'll seem like almost like a second season within the, within it. Yeah, it's like I, the 24 mm-hmm. of Supernatural shows. Yeah. Or, or like Psycho where yeah. they... Yeah. 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 That kind of. So it has the benefit of not having to like stretch out one note over a whole season. Plus, you know, it's mm-hmm. more of a established and talented ensemble show compared to uh, Scream. Um, So it holds my attention longer. Uh, Now that said, I have strayed from that show. I, when I moved to Hawaii, I missed like five episodes. I'm like, ah, screw it. I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it's like, it gets to a point where like things get so bonkers and anything could happen that, well, anything could happen is actually not as interesting as something crazy within this world can happen. Yeah. That's a show, just a sidebar that does not benefit from being watched a whole bunch in a row. In my experience, you really need the break. I was actually just going to say the opposite, Mm -hmm. that like if there's a week between them, I actually have trouble like digging back into it but like the only one where I saw the complete season was the first one and that's because I just watched the entire thing in like a night while Mm. working on a sewing project or something and it was like (laughs) it was so crazy that like by the time you get to like the I don't know 400 minute mark you're like oh this isn't this is totally normal and what's gonna happen next and you don't like I don't think it benefits from having space between it um there's something to be said for tv inertia and sometimes how it plays into that's true your tolerance for a show and yeah. it could go one way or the other like sometimes i find that if i stop like sarah you know like it, then i'm like well i guess i could cut that because i really want to go to, you know do something else the true detective because <laughs> yeah. after the first one i was like i'm out dave was like all right i've recorded the next three and he's like you, you could yeah stop. and then sometimes the show is like you know can't eat just one and you end up watching you know six episodes in a, in a night or something anyway like sarah hey. what do you think of scream um I didn't mind having to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as like enraged by my extra hot great <laughs> obligations as I may have on a certain recent Domer podcast. Um, but oh, I'm, I see. I'm, Just yeah, kidding. Well, <laughs> that you do that to yourself is one thing. That you did it to your wife. Um, I'm just kidding. I actually really enjoyed ranting about it, but I'm not going to keep watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Scream. I'm also probably not going to keep watching because I think. I think this actually could work. I think if you selected the correct franchise, you could do a serial horror thing. And while we were talking about it, I realized that Final Destination would be perfect because your pawn is death and bitch ain't going nowhere. And the teacher is from that, too. So they could have so easily transitioned it. It's not like a slasher horror, but we do have The Walking Dead on TV, which is horror adjacent anyways. And Hannibal. And that works. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Well, Hannibal, I put more in a thriller category. And, and, I mean, there are ways to do this, but like if you're adapting 
Like, I, I understand, I guess, the idea behind trying to adapt this franchise, but like, it's not really adapted. And the sort of the thing that made Scream special, which was this knowing like meta information dump at the beginning, that's like, this is all informed by the horror movies that came before it and all these tropes like the, you know, oh, it was just the cat. And the one minority is sent into the bushes to investigate in like minute 23 and is killed. And everyone goes everywhere by themselves and in their underwear. Like they have ads about this. This was in um, the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which was, I mean, it all sort of fell apart at the end for me, but that was like a great, I mean, it's still possible to, like, deliver this meta message that's like, we know what you're going to say. So yeah. we, you know, d- tapped this character to say what you're going to say. But the thing is, it doesn't always, like, check it off. Like, well, in this case, I was like, well, okay, I see what you're doing. But that's the only nod to the Scream franchise, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, like, that's not enough. Like, you actually do have to avoid those cliches and not have to keep explaining to us what you're doing. But the main problem for me is that Emma is just this charisma vacuum and I don't Uh, care. I can't uh. wait for her to be killed. I forget the name of the woman with the splendid ass, by the way, who was killed off in the first. um, Oh, Nina. Yeah. Who's Alice Warren keep seeing in the flashbacks. And I'm like, I get why they're doing that. That is a great behind. Um, Like, I would rather just watch her walking around in boy shorts, frankly. She was so much more interesting. Like, of course she's going to get killed off, but then we're left with Emma, who, and I think we're supposed to side with her in this whole video thing and, like, feel bad that she feels bad. I'm like, you should feel bad, you twat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she, that actress, I don't know her name, and I refuse to learn it because she ruined last season of Royal Pains for me. That's right. (laughs) Royal Pains. She ruined it. She was like the long lost sister of the main guy who came back and was maybe a con artist. It was incredibly stupid, even for that show. So I'm, I'm against do, her already. We should actually do a list of like ladies that come on USA shows and we're like, <laughs> well, now it's ruined. Because there was one on White Collar. Bridget yeah. Regan, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I still she, hate her. Yeah, from Agent Carter and Jane the oh. Virgin. Anyway, we're getting, a, we're getting off track. So uh, Scream, meh. Eve, you have to keep watching it because we're making you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we're also paying I mean, you. unless unless everyone stops watching that's it all true. Once, and then I wouldn't have to anymore. How but, many episodes uh, is it? Ten. It's, ten, it's only ten. Okay. Only so, ten, but that's like quite a bit. That's like you know. That's quite a few. It feels out, like it could be solid six. Out. Oh no, they don't have commercials, do they? Do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, they on do. MTV. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, they do. Oh yeah, right, right, right. So oh, eight hours, eight, eight hour movie basically. It's a scream eight hour movie. Yeah, and that's the problem with it. And well, if they have if one were... episode devoted to Mayor Brian Bat, maybe I will come back and watch that on demand. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, I know. what a wasted little piece! Of, I was like Sal, yeah, you know. But well, but I mean, the thing is, okay. Even if I weren't covering this, I would probably it would probably be piling up on my DVR right now, and then I would have to like you know, sometime when I'm like moving furniture around or <laughs> was just lying in bed or something, I would start watching it like like I did with. I don't know, younger or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And I would probably sort of plow through all of it and be like, oh, whatever, it was fine. And, you know, when it came around next year, if it comes around next year, which it shouldn't come around next year, everyone should get killed. I mean, everyone should get killed. That's the idea. If everybody makes it out alive, which I'm kind of starting to worry they're going to do, because so far the big kills have all been tertiary characters. Um, 
you know, this is another, I don't know. Anyway, the point is that I would probably still be watching it anyway. I just wouldn't be watching it with the level of intensity that, you know, I wouldn't be watching it live and seeing all those awesome catfish commercials <laughs> is what I'm saying. Before we close out this subject, for those who are not following along with your coverage on Previously.TV, which they should, do you want to share your early theory on who the killers so are, is? I, I have been holding off on developing a theory until the third episode, and I felt as though it was handed to me. I suspect, I am will, I will revise this probably every week if <laughs> the show even remotely does its job. Right now, my theory is that it's a father-son deal with Kieran and the sheriff, and that the sheriff is Brandon James, now that we know he's gone through all these surgeries and looks fine now that the sheriff is probably brandon james and kieran is his son you know doing the family business sort of i'm imagining a ripoff of that one episode of luther where it's the dad and the kid you know doing (laughs) all that shit yeah that makes total sense to me yep well thank you all right everybody hold on to your pants Take off your shirt, get ready to put a new shirt on because we have new shirts in the previously.tv store of interest to people who listen to our sister podcast. Again, with this 90210 edition, we have the mad, bad, and dangerous to know shirt. Yes! <laughs> in. There's a slow leak on okay. my microphone. <laughs> Appropriately uh, 90s colors, 90s fonts, uh, tastefully done. Not too outrageous. Not too 90s. We're not ca- talking Saved by the Bell credits. We're talking, you know, your fat Futura font. Classy 90s. Your, you know, color separation colors, your CMYKs. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, for fans of this podcast, uh, we have, brace yourselves, the Bull Pillman shirt. <laughs> yeah! So excited! Looks so good. Celebrate my stupidity. <laughs> Celebrate another Dave classic mouth error with your very own Bull Pillman shirt. Yes, it is the apothecary Bull carrying pills into town on an old-timey wagon. Dave, now that your slip of the tongue has become a t-shirt, should we all expect a spoilers a ho fun ahoy t-shirt as oh well? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Well, we could, yeah, perhaps got a, a ball Pixton t-shirt. <laughs> if you got uh, any suggestions for uh, ESG shirts you'd like to see, throw them in the comment threads. We're always looking for ideas. So. Yes. Yeah. So go to previously.tv, click the store link in yep. the nav bar and buy some shirts. Yeah. Available for the next two weeks for pre-order. And then after that, uh, they are made and shipped to you. So you got two weeks to get them, people. Woohoo. Whoops. At no point <laughs> in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything? that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now Domer Domer. having listened to it. (laughs) All right, Tara, take it away. (laughs) All right. Poor, I mean, not poor Marg Helgenberger. She did this to herself, but we now are starting to see the outlines of what her character's plan is on Under the Dome. She was hired by Acteon, the evil corporation, um, to go into the dome, recover the egg. They have all these egg fragments. This was the only whole egg, but because she made contact with it, she's now eggskimo buddies with the dome. I'm not really sure what the situation is. Throne. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry at all. Um, and uh, so she's basically trying to, everyone who is cocooned, or as I put it in my posts on it on previously.tv, who is in a cocoon coma or 
Kokuma, get on board, um, is uh, is basically susceptible to her mind control powers. So she's trying to get them back to the stage where where they were and okay, make wait. them perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay, so she's a human. She's a human who. She's an anthropologist. Who gained mind control powers by touching the egg. Yes. This possibly otherworldly egg. Correct. And now she is in its service, perhaps? Sort of. Being she- double agent between Acteon and Egg Corp? Well, I think that she's, I think <laughs> she's, she's there because of Acteon, but I don't think she's any longer doing Acteon's bidding. Mm, I see. Because they have other operatives in there. Now fucking Frank Whaley's involved. Oh. Oh, Unfortunately great. for him. So... Um, yeah, they, they seem to be dueling. They both want the egg. No one knows yet that the egg has been smashed. Well, no, she knows. Uh, anyway, long story short, she fucked Junior in the last episode. Okay, moving on. Wow. <laughs> Wait, is the dome still no. down? No, the dome is up. Oh, the dome's back the up. The dome was never down. Oh. That was all a fantasy they had uh, when they were in their Matrix world. And of course. In their Kokuma, Dave. Oh, the Kokuma. Yeah. I see. Okay, so the dome's still up. Oh, yeah. The, and how? Uh, the cow is still split in half. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And only three weeks have still transpired between this from the start of the series. Correct. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Wow, this show is awesome. Speaking of awesome. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, why don't you? T- <laughs> oh, I was going to say, why don't you take the lead on our discussion of Zoo? All right, com- Zoo, truly the companion show to Under the Dome in every way. Oh, but much, much more watchable. Uh, I guess. Oh, come on. Uh, I guess. It doesn't guess. make you I mad guess. the same way. I mean, it, uh, it's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Dome is stupid, but yeah. this is watchable. Like it. It at least has an idea behind it that seems like it might be fully formed and consistent <laughs> within it itself, such as it is. All right. So this is our first episode of we, our first installment of we bought into a zoo, <laughs> and um, this show is. Such perfect summer fare. Uh, it is not quite self-aware enough to be camp enjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. It is incredibly dumb. It is so by the book in some ways that it is insulting to the viewer. But when you pack all these things up into one item, it's very watchable. <laughs> you know, in, in, in absence of other good options. Yeah. Um, the third episode, right, just passed. Yeah, last night. And we finally formed the uh, what I call the zoo crew, <laughs> which is yeah. the motley crew of you know various you know specialists. So and... let's run them down. We okay. have girl reporter Jamie Campbell. Yes, played by Kristen Connolly from the aforementioned. Who is Cat broke and no longer a reporter. <laughs> yeah, by... She got fired by Reed Scott by yeah. Dan Egan. He yeah. fired her ass. Because even though she's this great journalist, she somehow didn't know this corporation that she has a fucking axe to grind against owns the newspaper that she wrote for. Like, great job. Uh, Billy Burke yeah, is on the What does that say on your direct deposit statement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, the publisher calls her in and is like, what does it say on the masthead? Like, seriously? Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mitch Mason is played by Billy Burke from the Twilight movies. He's a scientist who he's a vet, a veterinary pathologist who hates people and likes and to stop touching so. me and comments that these lions are acting all lion-y. lion-y. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Wolfe plays Jackson Oz, whose father is dead and is a disgraced, uh, also zoologist who had all these crazy theories about animals and their defiant pupil and how they were all going to rise up and kill us all. And it turned out to, he was right. I suspect his dad isn't as dead as we all think he is. What? Yep. I've seen TV before. What? Uh, and the Island of Dr. Osro. <laughs> what he was on an Island in the latest episode. He had set up shop on this Island off the coast of Fukushima. Cause he wanted to see how animals were evolving with radiation. Anyways, Jackson Wait, works. Wasn't this the recent Godzilla movie? Didn't they do exactly the same thing? Yes. Okay. Except this show has horses, not Godzilla's. Um, Jackson's Jackson's buddy is this guy Abraham Kenyatta. They were both working at a like a safari camp in Botswana, where a whole bunch of lions, acting lion-y, killed Who a bunch played of people. Renfield from Dracula. Blah. Yeah, he was Renfield in Dave's favorite show, Dracula. Yeah. And uh, I refuse to learn her name. What is her fucking name? Frenchie. Chloe. Fr- I just call her Frenchie. Yep. She's the worst actor on this show. She is so she over the top. Only eye acts bugging with her terrible. Eyeballs. She is shockingly terrible. Yeah. And she's supposed to be like French CIA or something. Yeah. Or something. Something. French CIA. She's an analyst. And so in the latest episode, we find out that the person who's brought them all together somehow, who knows where they all are, is Dixon from Alias. And uh, <laughs> who comes into the boardroom after they're all assembled and says like, <laughs> and announces he's pacing around the room, uh, gentlemen and ladies, uh, we have to save the world. The animals are animal rebelling pandemic. and you're the only ones who realize the truth. Yeah. Everything counts on this. But uh, hey, guys, I'm really busy. So Frenchie's going to take over for me. OK, bye. Totally. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so a bunch. Of, uh, what, I, what What do you have on your agenda in your Franklin notebook that is so busy <laughs> that you can't make time for the possible end of the world? Also, you probably had to poo, Dave. <laughs> a whole bunch of the of the people who uh, who are credited as co creators of Zoo formerly worked on Alias, which I think is why the senator in this latest episode was named uh, Dixon Vaughn. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, that's Zoo. It's really stupid. Well, there it's really have not stu- been enough animal attacks for my taste at all. Well, okay, but we're leaving out the best part of this episode. Oh, first of all, there's bats that attack a plane. Yep, they take in, down the plane in midair. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> but the real, the real mwah of this episode <laughs> is the wolf attack on a prison. Oh, wolf yeah. prison break. Yep. Um, there's this Charles, <laughs> or as Catherine McPhee would say, woof. There's a Charlie uh, Mason character in this prison. <laughs> And Charlie the, Manson, not Mason. Mason, Manson. <laughs> the, he's the jar, uh, heir to the jar empire. <laughs> yeah. That's where he keeps all his victims. Oh, he's jar- all over oh, Pinterest, you guys. Charlie Mason. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll preserve us all. Um, <laughs> Tie a gingham ribbon. Charlie Mason t-shirt coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a jar with a swastika on the lid. Swastika? It's spelled with a Q. Anyways, so um, (laughs) the wolves having some sort of connection with Charlie Mason. Yep. Jar magnate. He's Uh, in prison because he killed a hunter. Yeah, yeah. And um, they have some connection. And through methods, the wolves break into the prison, first killing the warden who was outside saying goodbye to somebody. And then there's like this incompetent guard who's like, oh, and he opens the gate and then runs away. 
letting all the wolves in. And then the wolves get all the way through the complex because none of the guards are closing doors behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, the wolves, they lack, you know, posable digits and, you know, articulation yeah. to open doors. So also, they're not, they're this, not raptors. This they can't open doors. This isn't like an Orange is the New Black prison. Like, it's this guy is on death row. Yeah. So this is presumably a maximum security facility. <laughs> so, then, so then the wolves get into the kitchen and they tack a cook yep. who falls over yep. and basically drops the, you know, the jug of oil, starting yep. a giant grease fire that burns the whole prison down. Oh, yeah. And then like the last scene, the last scene of that, uh, of this whole magnificent sequence is uh, Charlie Mason. <laughs> yeah. Jar magnate. Um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, the, the worm's eye view of him just looking out towards a wolf that's in the yard with the whole prison's burning behind him all in the course of like 10 minutes. It was amazing. Yeah. And that's why I say this show is uh, the perfect summer mix of stupid, almost self-aware, but not quite. You can tell that the writer's room is like, guys, this could be a real camp classic. But then like James Peterson comes into the room. He's like, what are you doing with my masterpiece? <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, better dial back. Just a little bit, guys. Just a little bit. It's James James Patterson. Oh, Patterson. Not Peterson. <laughs> okay. Uh, Peterson. <laughs> I got nothing for that one. Uh, anyways, Zoo, amazing, amazing summer show. Um, it is the best and worst of all things all at once. <laughs> So are all these animals digital or are they like the Oh, they're green screen terribly. Yeah. And, are they awful? Um, oh yeah. And yes. then when they attack Including when it's just like kitties falling out yeah. of a tree. Like really you couldn't get cats because they're cats. Or you can tell like, you know, when they actually do have actors and animals in the same scene, like for a an attack. Like the attack is so without force. You know, like the people are actually are not getting knocked down by a charging mm. lion or whatever. And the ones that are just too tough all happen off screen. So you got yeah. rhino stuff happening off screen, uh, packs of dogs attacking parts off screen. Anything that would be too hard to shoot just happens yeah. via a report. In the latest episode, we hear tell of a rhino trampling of Danish family on, <laughs> on vacation, on a safari vacation. Like, that's exactly what I want to see from this show. What the hell? But the explanation was the rhinos surrounded the car and waited for the family to get out. Hey, family, yeah. here's a hot tip. Stay in the car. Well, That's like the very first Danish. thing they tell you on safari. It's the very first thing they tell you at African Lion Safari in Hamilton, Ontario is don't get out of the car, guys. There are animals they outside They couldn't your car. understand they're Danish. Anyways, uh, watch Zoo. Maybe that was the problem. The rhinos wanted a Danish. Ah. Misunderstood. Ah. <sighs> Boy. Oh, <hi. laughs> Shut up, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, it's time for Around the Dial. Everybody's bringing something to the table. We're starting with Sarah. Hello. Uh, While I was on vacation last week, I watched all of Bosch, which is an Amazon program. It has been renewed for a second season, which I'm quite uh, pleased by. Um, This had a little bit of uphill climbing to do because uh, it is based on a series of books, which I have not read, but the lead character is named Harry Bosch. Mm-hmm. Yes, Harry is short for Hieronymus Bosch. Um, why wouldn't it be? Sorry, go ahead. I just said, why wouldn't it be? Continue. Well, yeah. I mean, why couldn't you just name him, I don't know, <laughs> Henry Bush? <laughs> Actually, that's what Dave probably will name him <laughs> um, in this segment. Um, he's played by <laughs> Titus Welliver, and it's this sort of... Um, 
noiry uh, Los Angeles based procedural where LA is a character, but they actually do it really well. Uh, if you liked Southland, you'll probably like this. Uh, there's a ton of actors that I tend to follow wherever they go individually. So the fact that Lance Reddick and Amy Aquino are together in a show is pretty amazing. And uh, there's some good uh, Marlo from The Wire is in it as a good guy, and he's really great. I wish he got more to do. Actually, besides sort of like enabling Bosch to be a rule-breaking whatever. Like, it's um, it's not a great show, but it's very good for, like, hot weather. If you just want to watch a bunch of procedural episodes in a row and not think too much, there's a lot of cursing, which I enjoy. Uh, I recommend it, and I'm excited for season two. How does the season compare to the pilot, which is the one I watch, and I thought was serviceable, but... Perhaps nothing um, too special. I watched, I had to watch the pilot again, and I think they may have changed it slightly from the one that Tara and I reviewed when they first <clears throat> like, dropped right. it and then like invited everyone to vote, vote. on it, yeah. I guess. Although they made all of them except like two. The football right? one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, solid choice. Although that Mozart in the Jungle thing. <clears throat> okay, um, yeah. The pilot is a little. Piloty, yeah. Um, okay. But I think they've updated it so that it's a bit less piloty, and that's. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you think you know what's going on, you're interested to or what the answer is. You're interested to see how they get there. Um, I would give it a couple more episodes. Actually, okay. hmm. sounds good. Fun fact: uh, I believe part of it was shot up the street from former and future guest Nick Reinwald Jones's house. That is nice. Cool. Yeah. Now we know where he lives. <laughs> uh, we talked about this show a few weeks ago when it premiered. Uh, Unreal on Lifetime just got renewed for its second season. Holy shit. I thought the pilot was good. It has just been getting better and better and better. Oh, I cannot believe how how much they are pushing it in like crazy directions. And the latest episode, which aired two days ago as we record this, was the bonkersest one yet. There's still three more episodes to go in the season. I can't imagine where it possibly can go from here. They've had some pretty serious shit, like there's been a sexual assault on the set. Um, there's been someone trading sex for a business deal. There's been a paternity suit. People have been like horribly injured. People have quit the show. Like it's really nuts. And don't be put off by all the people on Twitter who are like, I never watch reality TV, but I still love Unreal. Like, first of all, you sound real interesting. Second of all, that's not Unreal's fault. (laughs) It's a great show. It's really, really good. Um, So if you have not been watching it, get the Lifetime app because all of the episodes are on there and catch up in time for the last three episodes because I'm sure they're going to be insane. Also, uh, just a plug for um, the interview that I did with Brita Wool, who plays Faith. If you've only seen the first episode, she's the one who shows up at the manse in a jumpsuit, is maybe a little bit masculine. Uh, She was really cool to talk to. We spoke last week. And um, so that is also on Previously.TV in addition to my coverage. It's pronounced Manson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right eve what do you got <clears throat> what excuse me mansion right. i said it's probably manson oh i see <laughs> eve. sorry go ahead eve no no to keep going keep going dave make another malapropism um so i after i proposed this show on the dock i realized that the last time i was here i talked about hoarders and i just want everyone to know my house is clean and normal it's not crazy or anything it's just a regular person house and I just am interested in these shows and 
um, I was recently turned on to this show called Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners. Um, so it is a British reality show. And like, here's the thing, like for me as a person growing up in America, I mainly knew England had like fancy TV because I only knew about like, you know, like masterpiece or right, something. Yep. And it wasn't until I like became a grown up um, that I realized that like, Britain is where they have like the OG reality TV, you know, like oh, yeah. that's like the, the, the like the hardcore like Big Brother super crazy stuff, and it just seems smarter than our reality TV, which yes I do watch, um, because they have accents that we have been trained to think are smart people accents, but they're not <laughs> smarter than us. They just use different words, but it's still somehow it seems a little bit better. But the reality shows are also edgier, and I mean they're are so many other classics that I could be talking about that are harder to find, but I'll just throw out also go to YouTube and search young, dumb and living off mom. If you want to throw away a shit ton of time. Also, if you like Robert Webb of Mitchell and Webb, you will love this show. Um, but what I want to talk about now is obsessive compulsive cleaners, which is also on channel four, the same channel that has brought us like, Oh, I don't know, like black mirror and you know, the humans I think started there and Mm -hmm. catastrophe was there. And I think misfits was there. So it's like, you know, a smarty person show, but they also have great reality offerings. Utopia as well. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go on and on, obviously this is like legit good stuff and not that obsessive compulsive cleaners isn't legit good. It just appeals to a different part of your brain. So here's what happens. Um, you're introduced to an obsessive compulsive cleaner. Um, it's a British person. These are all British people um, who like uses like a gallon of bleach a day, <clears throat> excuse me, cleaning their counters or whatever. I mean, these are not, if, I don't know if the eco like cleaning thing with method and all that has made its way to Britain. These people are not <laughs> having it. This is not, Oh, I'll use some baking soda and vinegar. This is bleach. This is whatever the British version of Kaboom is. These people are really serious. You guys know Kaboom, right? I mean, yes, but in Britain it's, it's called, I say. <laughs> Kaboom, Gufna. <laughs> and you drink it. Um, but so you meet these obsessive compulsive cleaners and they are obsessive compulsive cleaners and they do their thing. And, you know, and it's like, oh, she's a 35 year old glamour model and she looks like, you know, 68, and, <laughs> you know, has boobs like mine. So maybe I should just go to England. I'm probably not clean enough. Um, but so then you meet a hoarder and these people aren't the real hoarder's edge cases these people aren't the people where they have like no teeth and they live in a truck with a cat you guys know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. these are like just these Sarah. are people who have like <laughs> I, i'm talking yeah sure, Dave. <laughs> sarah has a house she has more than she has a few i teeth. have two cats dick <laughs> and they and they look great in your truck with you um but, so then so you meet these hoarders who are mostly just the people who have just like too much shit and it's dirty in the way that a person who has too much shit is dirty, not in the way that like mountains of pizza boxes and, you know, uh, I'm covered in roaches are dirty. Right. So then the obsessive compulsive cleaner goes over to the hoarder's house to meet them and quote unquote help them. And they're supposed to help each other because the obsessive compulsive cleaner who by and large on this show seems far less happy than the hoarder um, (laughs) is supposed to like learn how to be more relaxed, more mellow and like not, you know, freak out about drinking out of a glass at the hoarder's house, which I would freak out about that. But you know, they're just supposed to sort of get more chill and the hoarder's supposed to learn some of the obsessive compulsive cleaners, better habits, like cleaning things. And there's always, you know, just 
when we watch hoarders, when any of us watch hoarders, you know, we're slightly judgmental. And these obsessive compulsive <laughs> cleaners. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. Well, you know what I mean. Like, we're sympathetic, though. We're both, this is a mental illness, and this is terrible. My God, how can you live that way? So the obsessive-compulsive cleaner comes in, and since many of these people, and the show frequently makes pains to point out who has indeed been diagnosed with OCD and who is who just sort of thinks they might have it. Um, like, it's like, like you take a blood test. Um, <laughs> so, But the OCD people generally acknowledge that they, too, have a problem. And so it's slightly more interesting in terms of this meeting of pathologies and um, it's not quite a group therapy session but the people really do seem to learn from each other and uh, watching the obsessive compulsive cleaner walk through the hoarder house is so much better than just watching Zazio all like Jim I'm worried about you what happened (laughs) it's so much better and so you can find these episodes if you just go to the channel 4 site they have a lot of them there and um, they are also findable on YouTube but that's a little more work and I just highly recommend if you enjoy hoarders but maybe you're getting a little bit tired of the formula of this house is a mess and suddenly it's magically clean and I'm using my aftercare funds then I think that obsessive compulsive cleaners might be a show for you before we move on I know you're about Mm -hmm. to hit the button have you Eve ever watched a show called too posh to wash you know okay so the reason that I know about any British reality TV shows is (laughs) because I'm too fancy to watch reality TV and yet I enjoy unreal anyway no Uh I'm just kidding um no I'm I'm just a bum and um I'm lazy and I'm busy but my husband searches for British reality TV shows and watches them before he falls asleep and will regularly like we'll, we'll be like visiting our British friends who'll be like all right you need to tell me all the reality shows so he will send me these shows and be like now this is what I'm watching now so he has told me about this show but I haven't actually bothered to watch it is it good yeah check it out it's basic it's like uh the two ladies who host um who hosted how clean is your house it's basically about people who are who are rich but like have not changed their toothbrush in like seven years it's amazing oh my god awesome (laughs) all right very shortly uh quick shortly Jesus, Steve (laughs) 
very shortly as I get down on my knees. You can't hear me. <laughs> I, I think that Daredevil season two might get me back in in the same way that maybe like something like Halt and Catch Fire did. It sounds like they're doing a little bit of a reboot by bringing in the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Played by the guy who played Shane from uh, Walking Dead. Oh, really? Shane. Does he say a oh, lot of Oh, that puns? guy, John, John Bernthal. Birth, birth, yeah, Bernthal. yeah, him, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he's the Punisher, and I've just been reading a lot of Punisher books via the Marvel Unlimited All-You-Can-Eat-For-One-Price comic book app for the iPad. <laughs> and the reason why the Punisher works is, like, he is, along with Deadpool in the Marvel Universe, like, the one or two guys that will actually, like, shoot people to get results, whereas all the other superheroes are sort of hanging on to that comic book code, you know, from the fifties where, Mm. you know, they'll tie somebody up and leave them for the cops, that kind of thing. Whereas the Punisher will just walk into a room and shoot somebody in the head. And Daredevil is sort of like the former, like he's sort of like that silver or whatever, the silver age comic code kind of character where, you know, he will do something, but he won't kill anybody. Uh, but he really wants to clean the streets, but he never will because he'll never kill anybody. And they're just back up on the streets the next day. So Punisher is, you know, the Daredevil's, you know, results oriented shadow figure. Um, and it uh, should make for an interesting season two. It sounds like they're setting him up for a season long arc. And he's a pretty good character in the comics, much better than that really kind of made me feel queasy movie from a few years ago with um, uh, the guy Th- from Rome. Thomas Jane. No, no, not that one. To that one. Um, <laughs> what's his name, Tar? Help me out. Uh, Titus Polo from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Anyways, his name that guy. It, Ray Stevenson. We, thank I you. Titus yeah, Polo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but anyway, so as, that feels to me like um, we're going to get some, uh, solve some problems I had with uh, Daredevil in season one. So looking forward to it. And at this point, I usually play the canon music. But due to, uh, let's say, administrative error, uh, the canon that we were going to do, which was going to be uh, Parenthood, uh, we no longer had the audio from the user. Um, it was a little bit old and it expired. So if uh, you're thinking to yourself, hey, I submitted that, uh, get a hold of me and resubmit that audio if you still have it, because uh, it uh, is no longer on Google where it was shared. So uh, we just found that out at the last moment. So uh, no canon. Sorry. So let's get into this. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I am not a crackpot, but I think a lot of the problems that Laura on humans has with her synth could be solved if she would just let it work at night when she's asleep. (laughs) So a lot of the problems that are caused by this synth... This is the main storyline of, of humans so far is that the Catherine Parkinson character, Laura, is is concerned that uh, her synth, Anita, is starting to usurp her in the home, uh, that her kids like the synth better, that she's better at housework and all that stuff. Of course she is. That's her job. Laura, you are a working woman. You should not be taking on all of these jobs out of spite just because you want to prove that you're a better housewife than the synth who was designed to do specifically this. If you're concerned about interactions between this robot and your kids, have her do all your housework while you're asleep, and then she can, you just turn her off during the day. She's not in anyone's business. It's, it's none of your concern, and all your laundry gets done without you having to lift a goddamn finger. I am not a crackpot. Uh, well said. Also, the thing about humans, which I find odd, is, you know, if you walk out today on your street, you're going to see cars from a year ago, from 15 years ago to, you know, to 20 years ago. Where are the, like, 
non-synth helper robots of like two generations ago that still work fine for cleaning houses and doing your laundry and stuff like that. William Hurt's house. Yeah, right. Like, like there should be that, you know, the like, you know, the Robo Pooch and uh, whatever they call it, Asimo or whatever his name is from Sony. Like mm-hmm. those kind of robots that are not human like, they're just humanoid. You know, look like Marvin the paranoid robot from <laughs> Hitchhikers. Like those should still be hanging around and available for people like her who find the human element of it too human. Yeah. Uncanny Valley ish. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think. See- her- I, I thought it was like a great business model because they actually said like, oh, every two years you need to trade it out. And I thought, you know, my God, if car manufacturers or, you know, laptop manufacturers, I mean, that's basically what your cell phone is, right? right? It just seems like it's an enforced sort of obsolescence. And I just thought it was smart business. But I get what you're saying. Not that I disagree, David. Jailbreaker robot people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. Hi, Extra Hot Great. This is Melanie Green. I am not a crackpot, but shows need to stop pretending characters can't hear cell phone conversations happening 10 feet away from them. (laughs) Turning your back and lowering your voice doesn't stop someone in the same room from picking up half the stuff the caller is saying. Like the obviously empty coffee cup, the obviously silent cell call has got to go. Thank you. Reasonable. I'm there with you. This yep. is, you know, a a subsection of audio properties on television. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's step six feet away behind this non-existent wall, and now no one will be able to hear what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I understand. That's making people that much more likely to eavesdrop, in my opinion. Like, why don't you mm-hmm. just act all shifty about this call? Like, it's no big deal. It's just a babysitter. And then you're like hunched over like a question mark and stage whispering, <laughs> which is even louder than your regular voice. Not a crackpot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Here's our second ad. It's an ad for ads. Just reminding everybody that the extra hot, great ad scenario, situation, <laughs> system. Oh, my God, guys. I'm so out of it. Um, ads. $50 for a personal ad. $100 for a business ad. We generally have two spots per episode. Uh, no availability for the next episode, but uh, I think after that they start to clear up. So if you're interested, go to the site, go to uh, Extra Hot Great Item, buy an ad is a sub item there, fill it out, give us some money, we can make the ad for you, you can make the ad for us, whatever you want. Uh, wish somebody a happy birthday, sell a product you have, whatever, we're easy, they could be Short and sweet, 10 seconds long. They could be like a 90-second affair. Uh, We're flexible, so uh, let us know what you want, and we'll work it out. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. No. It's time for winner and loser of the week. Who has our winner? Me. Uh Uh-huh. Winner of the week is Lester Holt, who took over from the disgraced Brian Williams and uh, won his time slot. He's the number one uh, anchor in network news this Aww. week. Good job, Lester. Good job, Holt. We knew you could do it. Lester Holt. Mm-hmm. And loser? Loser is Jared Fogle. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> well, okay. So as we all know, um, you know, Jared lost a lot of weight after uh, only eating Subway sandwiches. I actually, he did it in Bloomington, Indiana, a place where I and many of my friends lived. And he uh, was a regular at my friend's Subway and was 
allegedly, don't sue us, um, <laughs> always very rude when he ordered his food, but I would be super rude too if I was eating a fucking Subway sandwich every day and that's it. Anyway, he lost all this weight, <laughs> became some sort of icon for inspiration, and then last week uh, his home in Zionsville, Indiana was raided as part of a federal child porn investigation. And so let's be clear right here, uh, the central suspect in the investigation, it's not Fogel, it's the head of the, I'm doing huge air quotes, Jared Foundation, which is his organization that's intended to combat child obesity, which I really think someone should look at the, um, the numbers there and follow some of that money, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as of today, it's July 15th, Fogel has not been charged in this case. Um, he's just had, uh, you know, the feds confiscate his computers, his media storage devices, his DVDs and documents. Um, the feds even brought dogs trained and sniffing out micro SD cards to his home. I mean, who knew that dogs could do that? And huh. my dogs are huh. such a, my dog's such a bum. My dog could not sniff out <laughs> any computer devices. They could only like find like, oh, you dropped that piece of. Can we not use the word bum in this context? It could also sniff out. Soon children's bums oh god (laughs) well now you're all down at my level the the, the same dog Mm -hmm. cannot do both of those things anyway so subway incredibly swiftly completely scrubbed Fogel from its website they suspended an upcoming ad campaign uh, that of course included commercials that we would have seen Um, he was pulled from he was going to make an appearance on a couple of shows Uh, I think that he usually appears on Biggest Loser and I think he was going to appear on a couple of other weight loss shows as sort of the inspiring guy and all those were pulled and then it was announced uh, late last week on um, Entertainment Weekly's website that his role from Sharknado 3 colon, oh hell no, ha- has been pulled. I'm not a Sharknado person, um, but apparently he had a part in two that was going to be continued in this one. I, I don't know, you guys. Anyway, when the movie airs on Sci-Fi uh, later this month, I think on the 22nd, it will do so without Fogel's character. Um, I assume he's playing himself or a sandwich buyer or something. Um, and apparently this decision to remove him was made as a result of this case. I hope it doesn't hurt the plot too much. But anyway, that is why I believe that Jared is the loser of the week. He played the shark. And now here's some biting commentary about Subway sandwiches. That's not that much cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that raises an interesting question, Dave. Yeah? Do you know what time it is? Is it unusual Ooh. game time? Yes! Um, so, so how do you want to do this, Dave? You're playing, you're a valued guest. We're having two valued guests. I'm playing for myself. Oh, okay. We're we're adding Dave to the column. All right. This game is called, do you want to play a game? And it's inspired (laughs) by Scream. Um, here is how it works. I will give you, uh, I'm going to read you a clue that describes the journey of a horror movie character to the small screen. And by character, I mean the actor that played both the character in the movie and the TV character. So basically, uh, if you can give me the actor, the movie title, and the TV series title, you get five points. If you need a hint, you can ask for any of those three items, and then you'll get two points if you can name both the others, one point if you can only name one. You can also partially guess. I'll give you one point for each thing you get right after I read the clue. This will become clear when we actually play it. The idea is, once I read the whole clue, it's, it's possible for you to get part of it, just from the clue, Jeopardy style. <laughs> so you get more points if you get it all. 
without asking for a hint. All right, so here's a sample. I won't just get to the bottom of the story of a masked and robed serial killer. I'm also prepared to disinfect every crime scene using my own personal cleaning concoction, so hold my table at Central Perk. I was busy helping you get the uh, <laughs> windows back where they were, so I didn't catch what the hell we're supposed to be doing, so somebody else will have to answer that. Okay. Okay. Here's so- the sample clue one more time. I won't just get to the bottom of this story of a masked and robed serial killer. I'm also prepared to disinfect every crime scene using my own personal cleaning concoction. So hold my table at Central Perk. So I want the movie, the TV show, and the actor. Scream, so, Friends, scream and friends. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Correct. So you get it. All right. So here's some, some info before we start. All the movies were drawn from IMDb's top titles in the horror genre. So even if you're like, I wouldn't call that a horror movie because it's a dark comedy or a suspense thriller or whatever. Going by IMDb rules, their horror genre might be broader than yours. All right. So let's go to Picky and see who's going to go first. We will start with David. David's going first. All right. All right so we'll go Dave, then Eve, then Sarah. Are you ready? I'll keep score. Dave, yes. keep score. Okay. <clears throat> Dave, uh-huh. here's your first question. Uh-huh. Clue, rather. That murderer in the inside out rubber mask is back? Forget this. I'm going to move in with my judgmental gram- grandma in Capeside. Sorry, I lost my place. I'll read it again. That murderer That's so in easy, the- is it? What? That's so easy to do. No, it's time, not. It? <laughs> I also have to go from the side over here. Okay. That murderer in the inside out rubber mask is back? Forget this. I'm going to go move in with my judgmental grandma in Cape Side. All right. So movie, TV, actor? Yes. Uh, Halloween. Shit my dad says. Willing chat. <laughs> Do I not understand how this game works? <laughs> After your 14-minute explanation? <laughs> well, you got Halloween is correct. Uh-huh. The show is Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. And the actor is Michelle Williams. Yeah, all right. All right. Eve, if I'm not going to get a good night's rest without being tormented, I might as well try my hand as a narc. Oh, my God. Okay, so Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Um, it's a narc. Jason Patrick wasn't in any of the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, so was he? Oh, shit, Johnny fucking Depp. Um, and, uh, wait. Oh, 21 Jump Street. That's correct for five points. Dave, you got one point for yours. All right, Sarah. Yo. A spirit terrorizing my house may or may not be worse than the self-involved white whiners I raised in Berkeley. (laughs) Uh, That's the uh, very first poltergeist with Craig T. Nelson, uh, late of parenthood. Five points. Back to you, Dave. Uh Uh-huh. All I want to do is get away from these face huggers and back to my wives. Uh, alien. Correct. Uh, big love. Bill, uh, Bill Baxton. <laughs> I'll accept that. Fixed. That's correct for five points. Eve. The entire world is being overrun by zombies. Only my husband can stop. I better lend him one of my giant sweaters and then get back to ignoring my son. Um, World War Z, The Killing. I don't know that lady's name. <laughs> okay, it's Marae Anos, so you get two points for that. Okay. Sarah, 
Yep. Exorcising haunted houses with my husband is surprisingly good prep for running a motel with my creepy ass son. Hmm. Exorcising. Can I have the clue again? Sorry. Yes. Exorcising haunted houses with my husband is surprisingly good prep for running a motel with my creepy ass son. Uh, oh God. Um, Bates Motel. Uh, Vera Farmiga? Yes. And I, oh God. Is it the, uh, I don't remember the name of it. I keep wanting to say delusion and that's, that's not the name of it. <laughs> it's the red one with the kid on the poster. Oh, you're thinking know. of Insidious. No, it's The Conjuring. Oh, okay. How many that's points That's good do I for two for points. Two. Great. Back to Dave. Uh-huh. Look, the whole country is out wilding for 12 lawless hours. It doesn't matter how much you scream at me, I won't be shamed. Oh, uh... Okay. The Purge. Game of Thrones. Can he get her name right? Or his. Um... Mm. I know what she's been in. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm never going to get her name. Lana something. Lena Hetty. Lena Hetty. No, I'm never going to get her. All right, Eve. Wait, what did I get? Two points? You get two points for that. Eve. <clears throat> my love of Twinkies in a zombie apocalypse is matched only by my love of cheating on my wife in Louisiana. Uh, so, uh, Woody Harrelson, Zombieland, True Detective. Correct for five points. Sarah, last mm-hmm. question before our first score break. If I can make it through the traps in this rustic cottage that is not what it seems, I might live to break the story of why that tree is full of kitties. Hmm. That tree is full of kitties. Oh, fuck. We just said her, too. And I don't remember the actress's name, but the TV show is Zoo. Correct. And uh, traps, I don't, uh, deliverance? I don't know the rest of it. Cabin in the Woods, Uh. Kristen Connolly. (laughs) All right, and now it is time for the score break. Dave. Presty. Dave. All right, eight points for me, 12 points for Eve, eight points for Sarah. It's a four-point game. Nice. Good job, everybody. Back to you, Dave. Uh-huh. I don't need to worry about contracting the rage virus. I'm a time lord. Oh. What? Rage virus? Time lord. Christopher Eccleston? Yes. 28 Days Later and Doctor Who. Correct for five points. Eve. Hooray. This mall is the perfect place to hide from the zombie scourge and my rotten, hateful wife, Claire. A little editorializing uh, oh. from your game maker here. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought the same thing many times. So it's the Dawn of the Dead reboot. Correct. Um, it's uh, Modern Family. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, God, I can see that fucking guy's face, but um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. But he does get cut in half with a chainsaw on the van. Um, I, he plays Phil on Modern Family. I don't know the guy's name. Sorry. Mm. Her name is Ty Burrell, but you were exactly right. 
Thanks. Sarah. Uh-huh. Mexican vampires are one thing I never had to worry about back when I was a pediatrician in Chicago. Back when I was a pediatrician in Chicago. Uh, hell. Um, Mexican vampires. Okay. Uh, ER. Uh, I forget who the pediatrician was. Glenn Headley. <laughs> and I don't know the first one. Chupacabra. It's uh, Dave? George Clooney. Yeah. From uh, Dust Till Dawn. Correct. Oh, yeah. He was a pediatrician. That was so long ago. I, I know. I forgot about that. <laughs> so that's good for one point. Back to you, David. Uh-huh. It's been a couple of years since the rage virus was a concern. Isn't it about time I got a job at a law firm that's going to destroy all my idealistic illusions? What? Read that again? Slower? Sure. It's been a couple of years uh-huh. since the rage virus was a concern. Yeah. Isn't it about time I got a job at a law firm that's going to destroy all my idealistic illusions? Remember, you can ask for a hint. If you think any part of that will help. Uh, all right. So, rage virus later. That's 28 days later. Then about, I don't know. It's 28 weeks later. Yeah, all right. It's been a couple of years, and that's Rose Byrne from Damages. Everybody got that. A million years. Okay. Eve. Surely I have nothing to fear from this mysterious condensation that's trapped us in this supermarket. Don't you know how big my cock is? Okay, so <laughs> that is the mist. Yep. Young Thomas Jane. Good for five points. Sarah? Yes? Getting terrorized in my home by three people with sacks on their heads is nothing compared to the fear I have of looking in Megan's box. Uh, sacks on their heads. Sacks on their heads, yes. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's Carrie Russell on Felicity. Felicity is correct. You get one point for that. Okay. And the movie is The Sack Monster. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was. It's The Strangers. All right, back to you, Dave. Never heard of it. Okay, yeah. If my querulous love interest can't protect me from a decapitated ghoul, I'll have to take care of things myself, just like I took care of my parents. What was the first word? Querulous. If my querulous love interest can't protect me from a decapitated ghoul... can use that in a sentence, please. Weak and watery. (laughs) Um, Remember, you can ask for hints. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to need that clue one more time, please. If my querulous love interest can't protect me from a decapitated ghoul, I'll have to take care of things myself, just like I took care of my parents. Uh, All right, I'll ask for a hint, please. Which part would you like? I guess the first, the movie? The movie is Sleepy Hollow. The movie Sleepy Sleepy Hollow. The movie Sleepy Hollow. Nope. That's some good clue writing. Thank you. Anyone else want to take a crack? It's Christina Ricci in the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. That is correct. Eve. The best way to get over my boyfriend's transformation into an insect is to ascend to a very important political office. (laughs) Transformation into an insect. Um, 
Oh, okay, duh. Gina Davis, um, The Fly, and, um, shit. It wasn't, it wasn't called Madam President. Was it called Commander-in-Chief? Correct! Good for five points. Sarah, picky smiles on you. This machine gun that replaced my leg is just the thing to keep my Wiccan sisters in line. Oh, man. Um, uh, shit. All right, I'm going to need to let my brain grapes stew on the first part because I <laughs> can only remember half of it. But I'll it was, accept um, one. I'll, two answers for the movie are possible. I'll accept either. Ch- uh, Charmed is the show. Um, uh, I was about to say Paige McGowan. No, Rose <laughs> McGowan. Correct. And uh, d- uh, Death... It's not Death Cab for Cutie. It's not Death Trap or Death Star or Death... <laughs> Death. I'm gonna stop you because you're thinking of the other one. This is oh. Planet Terror. De- Death Proof is the that's the Kurt Russell one. Uh, but you got two points for that. Good job. And the now, other answer being what? What was it called? Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Score break, Dave. Uh, this game I think might be over already. It's yep. 13 points for me. 24 points for Eve. And nine points for Sarah. Oh wait, sorry. I have 12, I think, yeah, 12. but it doesn't I matter. Forgot, I forgot to count the last one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Back to you, Dave. Uh-huh. Since I can bring people back from the dead, I shouldn't be so stressed about preventing this terrorist attack on such a tight timeline. Wow. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Flatliners, 24. Whoa. Good for five points. Good job, Dave. Eve. I learned everything I needed to know about running a motel from my mother and everything I needed to know about crime bossing from an annoying redhead with a weird accent. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um. This is, I'll just give you a little sub hint. This is one of the shows that is already, that is in this game more than once. Okay. Um. Okay, can you can you give me a hint about the TV show, please? The TV show is True Detective. Oh, uh, okay. Shit. Oh, you're um, the other one who saw that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, was is this like Psycho: The New Beginning or something? And I'm gonna accept Psycho. It's the Psycho. Whatever. The Psycho. Re- like some psycho reboot. Hey, hey. What? Give extra and, information. Okay. And it, was Henry Thomas in fucking True Detective or something? Okay. No. I'll give you one point for Psycho. It's Vince Vaughn. Okay. He was in the Psycho remake. Oh, and that. He's almost okay. as terrible in that as he is a True <laughs> Detective. Sarah. Yes. What this enormous snake might do to me is nothing compared to how I torture my Saudi sons. Uh... Ugh, well, I don't really want to think about John Voight's Anaconda, but that's where we are with Ray Donovan. <laughs> Good for five points. David. Yeah. These three witches might be full of it, but they're nothing compared to my new partner and his Red John obsession. You may ask for a hint. Uh, you think any help, any part of that will yeah, help can you, you triangulate it? I, it? I need to read it again, please. These three witches might be full of it, but they're nothing compared to my new partner and his Red John obsession. Uh, movie, I guess. Movie is The Craft. 
Blacklist? Mm. No. Uh, anyone else? It ended in ist. It's the mentalist. The I don't remember the actor's name. Robin Tunney. Uh, Robin Tunney. Oh, Zero chance of that in. happening. <laughs> okay. Eve. Whatever's contaminated my town's drinking water is making everyone act nearly as unpredictable as that white supremacist I used to dig coal with. Um, it's, it's Timothy Oliphant. Um, the movie. Oh God. Um, I've seen the stupid movie. It's really good. It's not good. Um, it is it's good. Really, it's a good movie. It's, eh. I don't know the behind the chain link fence thing. After a while, um, anyway. So Timothy Oliphant, Justified, and uh, Crazy Drinking Water, Government Conspiracy Move, the name of which I cannot recall. We're on the right track. It's called The Crazies. Shit! Wow. Sarah, I could turn this neighborhood kid who's been bugging me into a vampire, or I could just butt fuck his father on the lawn with his mother's headless corpse. <laughs> 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 Show has oh been my. named in the game. Uh, that's Colin Farrell in True Detective. Um, this neighborhood kid who's been annoying me. I don't. I didn't see it, so I don't know. So I'm just gonna say SWAT because it's funnier. <laughs> it is funnier, but the movie is Fright Night, the remake. Oh, right, duh. Dave. Yep. This freaky ghost situation I've ended up in is ruining my life here in Tokyo. I wonder if my dad still wants to work with me in advertising. <laughs> Man, this is not in my wheelhouse, guys. I'm not a horror person. Um, freaky ghost in Tokyo is um, the... Do you want to ask for a hint? Maybe. I'm just thinking about it. Hold your horses. Hint one more time, please. This freaky ghost situation I've ended up in is ruining my life here in Tokyo. I wonder if my dad still wants to work with me in advertising. Mm, movie, I guess. The movie is The Grudge. And you saw that movie. Uh, crazy Ones, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Good for two points. Eve, was it really worth cheating death for a while, if it means I have to live out my life as a gay teenager who hardly ever kisses anyone? Uh, oh, God. Okay. So to TV show is relief. Dawson's Creek. Uh, the, the movie is a Final Destination. And <clears throat> the actors, like, pin somebody? I don't know. Sarah? Smith. <laughs> the oh, very yeah. same. Right. This is our last question before our final score break, Sarah. You'd come back from the dead too if you were married to the lead singer of Mouse Rat. Is this the last question of the game? No, this is the last question before the uh, score I break. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, can I have the uh, can I have the show as a hint, please? The show is Parks and Recreation. I'd come back from the dead, too. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I know this. Chris Pratt. He okay, is the lead know. singer of Mouse Rat, but no, it's his wife. Uh, the actress is Aubrey Plaza, and the movie is called Life After Beth. Oh, okay.
And now our final score break, Dave. Our second final before the end. Yeah, in first place, Eve with 27. Nice. Second place is me with 20. Nice. And Sarah's right behind with 19 by Mike. Oh, shit. So really, it's a battle for second place. Let's charge back into it, guys. Here are your last questions for each of you. Dave. Yeah. I might not be able to save everyone in town from being devoured by killer fish, but at least I can handle the forensics after they die. Um, killer fish, but at least I can handle the forensics after they die. Forensics. Ask for a hint. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say the movie's Piranha. And forensics. Who the fuck was in that movie that would be in a forensics show? Hmm. I guess I'll take the actor. Can I do that? Yeah, the actor is Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue? What the fuck show was she in? Was that- <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Anyone else? CSI. Correct. Really? Yeah, she's on CSI. She was on CSI. Yeah, like the last <laughs> few seasons. With <sighs> with Ted Danson. All right, Eve, your final question. Will I ever be free of the torture of this fisherman and his yellow slicker? He even showed up for my shift at the hand job parlor. Um. Okay, so I know what you did last summer. Um. <laughs> and uh Can I get the actor name please? Yes, the actor is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, so that's a Diary of a Call Girl? The client list. Oh, okay. Sarah, your last question. Yeah, they get 2 points for a tie for last place. Ooh. The hassles I've gone through with the Necronomicon Ex Mortis is nothing compared to the hassles I've put up with from the CIA since I moved to Miami. Dave, do you know this one? Yeah, I know this one. <laughs> Picky isn't always kind. What can uh, I say? Uh, you can ask for a hint if you wish. The TV show is Burn Notice? Correct. Uh, can I have the movie name, please? The movie name is The Evil Dead. Oh God! I can I could again describe this guy to a sketch artist. <laughs> yeah. He's like oh, the God. most famous guy. Character's name is Ash. Yeah. Ash Ash Burger. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Bruce something. Yeah, Bruce something. Bruce something. Amble. Yes. Will we let her have it? Sure. No, okay. I don't care. You got there. All right. So what are our final scores. Uh, let's see. 28 for Eve and tied for last place with 21 points apiece, me and Sarah. All right. Woo! Do you want to so, play the shits and giggles? Well, I want to have a tiebreaker for last oh, place. Oh, okay. Eve, you sit this one out. Here is the tie-breaking oh. question. Right now. Uh-huh. Here we go. Yeah. If my- Wait, what are the parameters here? You're reading the whole question and we're just shouting out stuff? There's a lot of things here. How does this work? <laughs> I don't Did you think this through? No, Did you I have didn't. a plan for a tiebreaker? No. Mm. I, I just I wrote the question the same way. How are we going right. to work this, Sarah? First person to shout out any piece of the answer wins? Or she could read the movie and the TV show and we could do the 
median actor. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Okay. So the movie is The Shining. What did the say? The other one was going to be the actor. No, the TV show. Oh, the TV show is Fairy Tale Theater. Shelley Duvall. Sarah got it. Good job. All Deep right, cut. It. Thanks. So now what do I do? <laughs> now what do I do? You said you gotta do this. Well, I don't. Valued guess. Valued guess. Valued guess. Guys, what a show. Leave me alone. (laughs) It's coming from inside Ford Awesome. (laughs) That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We slashed our way through the beginning of MTV's Scream TV series, discovered why we are all domer for having watched Under the Dome, and we took a stroll through Dome's dumb sister show, Zoo, before we went around the dial that stops at Bosch Unreal, Assessive Compulsive Cleaners, and Daredevil. Tara and Melanie explain why are they, they are not crackpots. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Eve, for value guests, was the winner of this week's game time. Remember, we're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, don't forget to go to previously.tv to buy your shirts. Sarah D. Bunting, I do not live in a truck. And Eve Beatty, <laughs> I'll be right back. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Welcome to the Naked Scientist. What is a panic attack? You might get to see a hedgehog. I'm the world's first IVF baby. What a wonderful time to be alive. We're landing on the moon. (laughs) Every week, our podcast covers cutting-edge news, great stories, and hands-on science. Science. And that is to say, physics, medicine, nature, or space, time, the brain, life, the universe. Subscribe to the Naked Scientists on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.